Hi everybody. So we are. My name is Harjas, and this is Caroline. And we are from Ascendance Kids World. This is episode four of our Ascendance Kids World podcast. So today um, we want to talk a bit more about uh, why do children, not even children, even adults, how do we um, apply what we know, what we have learned into our daily lives, not just accumulate the knowledge, but actually learn to apply it, connect it to our daily lives. Yes, and how these questions come from is because, okay, yesterday we went to Sutaya Bookshop and he was, he was just studying and reading. So I, I have this article with me, it's from European Early Childhood Education Research Journal. So for time to time, we do read journal, we do read research just to get ourselves updated on what is going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, this article is quite interesting because mm. it talks. It's an experiment. It's archived an experiment about teaching early childhood uh, education, early uh, teaching preschool students mm-hmm. science using drama and storytelling. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is done in Sweden. So the interesting part of this whole thing is they, they the result categorized student uh, student category 1 and student category 2 okay. I'll get to why is it the result so mm. interesting let me tell you the settings of the experiment first okay this experiment basically a group of scientists went to a preschool and also a primary school mm. uh, student gathered them together and they talk about this rhinovirus okay okay through story and drama so they act it out it's a story about so it. I mean that's how they are sharing with the kids about what this Yes, what is rhinovirus, what is flu, and how does it impact your body and your immune system. So everything in the story is actually using actual scientific name. Okay. Okay. So they want to test out whether the students are going to remember it or not. So they did this drama thing with the music behind, the storytelling and stuff like that. And to close the whole experiment, they gave them a piece of paper and asked them to draw what they understand or what they remember from the story. Then after that, they collect the paper and they left school. Okay, three weeks later, they come back to the same school, mm. they go back to the same student and they get an interview of one-on-one. So when they started the interview, they gave the, the child the drawings that they did, just to jog their memory okay. of the story of the drama and the story uh-huh. about rhinovirus. Yeah. So the result of it, there's four categories, but I'm going to talk about only category one and category two because it's super interesting in these two categories. So the category one are children doesn't matter if you're primary school or you are in preschool. Category 1 children, they understand the story, they remember the story, they even remember the scientific name and whatsoever it is. And they are able to comprehend it that the story is talking about their body and their immune system. So they were able to make that connection. Correct. They are able to make that connection. So it's interesting to see. So category 2 students, which most of the sample group, uh, that they have run this experiment on are uh, in this category two. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then uh, this category two student, they remember the facts, the name of rhinovirus, the immune system, what cells triggers and stuff like that. Uh-huh. They remember all of this, or they may remember the character called Rita mm. in the storyline. However, they are not able to connect all of these facts and this information into their daily life. That this whole story is actually talking about their body. Their immune system. Yeah. When you get flu, what yeah. happened? When you get rhinovirus, what happened? So they are not able to comprehend it. So they see that so just a, a bunch of facts. Yes. They don't see that it's something to do with themselves. Yes. 
So it's very disconnected, yeah. you know, and most of the children are in that category. Mm. So, uh, while I was reading this uh, whole journal, research journal, the question that came to my mind is, why? <laughs> why, why does this happen? Yeah, why does this happen? Why does their children who are in the category one, mm. who are able to think and relate information into daily life, yeah. and why is there children who um, in category two, which is is the information and knowledge is separated yeah. so you're not able you know theory but you're not able to apply it yeah so what makes them different yeah it's a very good question it actually reminds me of um, this video i saw um there was so i just just give you a i just let you know what what was in the video it was basically someone taking a recording of a toddler on the floor reaching for a toy so um the, the whole video was just that, you know. So, literally the whole thing was the toddler trying to go further and further trying to reach the toy. Yeah, literally. So, it was like, uh, so toddler's you know, arms are quite small. So, the toy is just a little bit further from him. And he's just, he's just so focused on, on reaching the toy. He wasn't looking at anybody else, anything else. It's just the toy. So, um, the thing is, you sometimes when we see this, we sort of have a feeling of uh, slight frustration or maybe impatient and you just immediately give the toy to the toddler just so you, you think you're helping the toddler by doing that. <laughs> the thing is, um, so this person taking the recording, uh, the person didn't do anything. Just keep watching, just keep observing the child. And you know, the, 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 the frustrations will come because the child tried to grab the toy, suddenly when he grabbed it, it went further away. So, you know, the child didn't get the child didn't get frustrated or upset. It was the guardian or the, the other adults around there who were frustrated that, oh, you know, the toy went away. But the child was just happily focused, so focused on getting the toy. And you can see at the end of the video when the child really uh, grabbed the toy by sort of moving forward or crawling forward, he just did a few things. The moment he grabbed the toy, the amount of happiness in his face, the amount of joy he had playing with the toy was really beautiful to see. So it just made me think that um, it's so funny because the, the, the child getting the toy, he didn't ask anyone for help. He didn't even look at the person taking the video of him. It's like he didn't need anyone's help. He just wanted to focus and do it on his own. So I'm just thinking, is this something that um, when we allow kids from a younger age, as young as a toddler, to sort of, um, uh, how do I say, like, like uh, try to achieve that goal on their own. It's different if they ask for your help. If they didn't ask for your help and you let them do it, is that them starting that engine of thinking, of finding solution on how to get to the goal? Something as small as crawling forward or stretching your arm a bit more. It's all thinking, so I don't know whether this is, it's a question. Yeah, so and, yeah, today's topic is actually a question for yeah. everyone to start thinking about it. Mm. It's like, like what Haja, Haja's mm. mentioned just now, the toddler or the baby is less than one years old, trying to get toy and stuff like that. So I was, when she was start telling me this story, mm. and I was imagining whether in the, the baby's <laughs> mind, he's thinking that, oh, I can't reach the toy. So, and all of yeah. a sudden, he tried to hop forward a little yes. bit, and then yeah. he grabbed the toy. Yep. So, is he think is his mind as he started thinking yeah. that uh, you know I just need to move a little bit forward. Yeah. So the next time he has a little bit experience, so he needs to move a little bit forward. So he, so that that 
that action mm. and that whole short process of it, mm. um, one thing it builds is self-esteem, of course. Yes. Another thing is whether that triggers the thinking process. That's true. That's where when in preschool or in primary school, they are able to apply what they know yeah. into daily life. Yep, yep. Actually, there was one more example I mm-hmm. just remembered. Um, it wasn't a toddler, it was a child just a, a, in a preschool age, about four or five years old. Mm-hmm. They conducted this uh, experiment with a few children. So what they did was uh, they put something like a carpet and a trolley on top of it. So they put it such a way that uh, they, the child is unable to pull the trolley unless he moves the carpet in a certain way to uh, be able to pull the trolley again. So they allow the kids to find the solutions on their own. Many of them never asked the adults for help. They didn't ask at all. They were just so focused on figuring out the solution on how to uh, grab the trolley, uh, to how to roll the trolley away. And many of them figured it out. <laughs> so it's very, very few times where the kid actually asked the adults for help. So it was very amazing to see Laos. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I think it helps with you know um, mm. connecting the neurons. Uh. So the more you use your brain to think, the mm. more the neuron connects to each other. That's true. Um, just thinking that um, if you allow them from young, these kids, to have the experience of achieving things on their own, you will sort of build that mindset that, oh, I can achieve it. It's like the, every time you achieve something, your mind gets convinced that you are able to do it. And because of that, you eventually you will be you. Despite how many obstacles that come in the way, when you have those experiences, when you remember the feeling of achieving it, you know, you will want to overcome the obstacles because your your focus on the fact that you can achieve it is so much stronger than obstacle in front of you. So we can just allow them to have these experiences to work on things on their own and help them really help them if they ask. I think it will make a difference. Yeah. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is what kind of generation that we want to build? Yeah. What kind of children we want to build? What kind of future that we want to build? Mm. Is from what I can see, yeah. this is just my perspective. It's either children who are, you know, in category one, mm-hmm. is able to apply the, the knowledge or the information mm. that they have received into their daily life, mm. you know, theory and practical that comes together. Because the ability to think is that, or children who are book smart, children who yes you can know everything in the book, you can know everything in uh, from number one to number one hundred at the age of four at the age of three. Mm. Uh, but will you be able to apply numbering in your daily life? Would you be apply be able to apply the songs that you learn in your daily life? Mm. Would you be able to apply? you know, the colours or the signs uh, about body parts in your daily life. So this is a question for us to ponder upon. Yep. (laughs) That's all from us, I think. Yes, so I think our time is up for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any thoughts, please do comment in. In anywhere we are posting this uh, podcast, do do comment in, do reach out. Uh, We'd love to hear what you have to say, what you think about it. Yeah, and are we posting any of the links that you the one that you watched the toddler trying to get yes toys. i will do my best to find out where i can get these links here uh, and i will put it in our uh, in the comments below definitely yeah all right bye, bye.